bought your first place, 21 years old, 10,000 out of pocket, mm -hmm. and you bought a two unit mm -hmm. duplex in California. Mm -hmm. Wow. Hey, I'm Chris Lamb. This is the Money Hole Podcast. Please make sure to like, subscribe, download, and leave a comment. Today, I'm here with my friend, Jeremy Olean. Thanks for coming. Of course. Appreciate you doing this, man. I, uh, I've been wanting to have a conversation with you for a while, ever since I saw you do that presentation shortly after you bought your property, mm -hmm. because you really inspire me. And I love when I meet young guys like you who have a vision and are driven and actually go out and make things happen. It, it's good to remind me of, you know, what's out there and it's good for people to see it. And I think it's a message that people need to hear. Mm -hmm. And so I want to just start back because I don't know you completely and this would be a good thing for me to know, but I think it'd be good for other people to hear. So you're 21 mm -hmm. yep. and it wasn't long ago. So tell me about your first job and what, when you started thinking about your future financially and, you know, maybe some of the thoughts around that, what caused you to think those things, let me give you an example. Mm -hmm. When I was younger, I grew up poor and I don't even like saying poor because I've been to a lot of third world countries and poor people in America are rich compared to most places, but lower middle class lived in a one bedroom house with a bunch of brothers, couldn't even afford a Christmas tree. And at a young age, at some point I decided being broke sucks. It puts a lot of stress on my parents who ended mm -hmm. up divorcing. Um, I felt very insecure going to school sometimes wearing the knockoff shoes. And, you know, I did not like the way I felt. And so at some point I inherited this idea that being broke is bad. Having a lot of money is good. Obviously, that's not the whole truth. We can get into that later. But when you think about, you know, those turning points for you and where you went from one thought to another, which brought you where you're at today, tell me a little bit about that. Well, I really, I grew up, I mean, money was never really a thing that was talked about or, you know, my, my, both my parents have just worked W2 jobs their whole life and they just get their income and, and provide for us and take care of themselves. But by the time I hit, I'd say, I don't know, 16, 17, and I started working and I started earning my own money is when I started to realize, you know, there's more than just going to a job every day and getting your paycheck and taking care of your family. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's when I started to really try and verse myself and just learn about what's out there and how I can make money. It kind of became a big just hobby of mine. Just how can I, how can I maximize my income? How can I make money? Um, and I worked as a, I worked as a lifeguard for a little bit. Um, and then went over to, to in and out just flipping burgers and putting fries in the fryer. Um, it wasn't my, didn't really enjoy it over there, but it wasn't was your dream job necessarily. Definitely not. But it, it, it paid the bills and taught me a lot of discipline as far as getting up, going to work, getting it done. Mm -hmm. Um, and started having some bills, you know, car payments, everything, insurance. Um, so I started to kind of get a grasp on, you got to make money, you know, how kind of life goes. Mm -hmm. Um, and then an opportunity arose to be a sales position opened up at a, a local alarm company, which is where I'm at now. Um, and it just sales commission-based pay is something that you can really scale. And that's the kind of income that I love that I can put in the work and it, I see it, um, in the money and it's not just, 
no matter how hard you work, you're getting paid the same amount. And that's when I really started to kind of look around, especially when I met you and I met a lot of other business professionals and realized there's these people can really like push me through and teach me what I need to do to get to my goals. Cause I've always had goals. Tell me about those. Um, well, the end goal really was, is real estate still is. Why? Just because just passive income in general. Um, and real estate seems to be really the best option that there is. So when I say what does passive income mean for you, there's, there's obviously, you know, what you said, it's, it's scalable. Mm-hmm. You're right. We only have so many hours that we can trade our time for money to pay our bills. But what does passive income mean to you? Like when you think about what it's going to give you, mm-hmm. what is what is it going to give you? What is it going to make you feel like? What is the life that you think about? That's what I'm interested in hearing about. Well, it's going to give me time. And time is something that can't be bought, you know? So if I'm able to make the money that I need to to survive, provide for my family, do the things that I love and still have that time to spend with them. That's, that's obviously the goal. Um, and it allows me to, to scale it even, even more because if you have passive income, you're making money without necessarily being out there working for it. You're able to go on to the next you know, strategy, the next income source, and you're not stuck making the same amount. You can, like I said, you can scale it per se. Um, yeah, no, that's good, Jeremy. I, I think what I heard you say was m- passive income equals more time with my family and buys me options so that I can go out and pursue the things that I'm really passionate about. Yes. Because mm-hmm. we all, at one point in our life, hopefully had to learn what it's like to put the fries in the fryer. Mm-hmm. I did it. Mm-hmm. I worked at Carl's Jr. Roundtable Pizza. My introduction to commission was I took a phone sales job when I was in high school and we had to make phone outbound phone calls for five hours a day, which was very hard to do. It was mm-hmm. a, like a, it was the hardest job I could imagine at the time because of how hard it is to do that for hours on end. Like you probably know, mm-hmm. but they paid seven bucks an hour, which at the time was a lot more money than most people paid. So a few of us went and worked there and for three or four hours a day, I hate to admit it, but we would just make prank phone calls and talking silly accents the whole time, making each other laugh until one time I made a sale on accident and I did the math and I realized, wow, if I just do this four times in an hour and I make a hundred calls, I started kind of breaking it down and looking at the, the analytics. I was like, I can make 25 bucks an hour. I never made another prank phone call. And that was my introduction to um, sales and commission Mm -hmm. sales. And I, I realized that this is probably one of the best industries you could be in now, not necessarily selling encyclopedias and mm-hmm. books, the people that probably don't want it. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, I think what's important is what you, what you said was there was a driver behind your decision-making mm-hmm. from going from flipping burgers to a commission sales job to buying your first investment property. That was, it was, it wasn't about money. It was about this feeling that you get by doing the things you love the most, which is your family Mm -hmm. and these passions that are inside of you that a lot of people never get the opportunity to go out and take the risk because they're trapped in a day-to-day job living paycheck to paycheck and no one has ever showed them how to get out of that. Mm -hmm. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So let's move on to the new job. So you, you start working, you're making commissions, 
and you're definitely doing better than you did at In-N-Out, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And now you have a little bit of extra cash. I also know that I believe you've done a very good job at staying out of debt, correct? Yes. No, I've I've kind of fell in love with with credit cards and I went down that route. I've always paid off them. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty much debt free apart from my car. Um, really once I got my first, once I got my credit card, I got my first credit card when I turned 18. Once I got my first credit score and I saw that and I learned about how you can affect it and how it can affect your life, it really like, I just kind of became a little bit obsessive with it, um, and just really went for it. And so, yeah, I went for staying out of debt or using your credit card went for staying out of debt. Okay. Yes. Okay. I want to be clear on that. Yeah. (laughs) What I remember when I met with you, I was impressed. I was like, here's a guy who's definitely living a countercultural lifestyle. Um, no debt at a young age, you know, handsome single guy working hard, commission sales job at 21 years old. I mean, it's not, I got to tell you, man, it's not every day I see someone like you. And so I was really mm-hmm. impressed by it. So then walk me through, let's talk about the point when you and I met, R- remind mm-hmm. me kind of what happened there, what your expectations were and you know, what ended up happening. Cause I, I think it's a really cool story, man. So for me, I, I really, to be honest, wasn't looking to purchase a house this quickly. You know, I had this money put aside and I was like, okay, I'm going to go start a business. But once I started building these relationships and after meeting with you and some of the the folks over at uh, Change Home Mortgage, I really saw the benefits of purchasing a property. And I realized that it was possible for me, even at my age with my credit as my, with my income, I realized it was a possibility um, and being such a stable long-term investment that can really, you know, grow for me. I just kind of decided to go for it. Um, but yeah. Yes. So I, I want to ask you, you're a smart guy. You study a lot of things like you shared, you know, there's a lot of people right now, Jeremy, that are nervous about buying a house. Mm-hmm. There, there always is. I talked to someone not long ago and they said their dad always told them when they were, when he was a boy, which I think was back in a long 30, 40 years ago that he could never afford a house. Mm-hmm. And he looked back and he's like, my dad always could have afforded a house. He was just afraid and he never decided to take the risk. Had he done that, who knows how much that would have changed our family mm-hmm. because of homes were 50,000 back mm-hmm. then, right? And so right now there's even more people that are nervous about real estate. Rates are higher, banks are failing. You know, Anytime you turn on the news right now, it seems like there's some sort of a fear-based crash going on somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so that naturally makes people freeze up. Why, why did you take the risk and see this as a good time to move forward with buying a property when there's so many people probably telling you it's not a mm-hmm. good time? Well, I think there's always, there's always pros and cons to the time that we're in, you know, whether it be mortgage rates are higher or prices are higher, whatever it may be. Um, but I just knew I wanted to do it. I knew I didn't want to pay rent to someone else. I wanted that money going in towards an investment rather than going away. Um, and that's when I really, after learning that it was a possibility for me, I decided that I should go for it and that it was a good, it was a good option for me. And you'd be surprised when you, you just need to get out there and and to talk to people, talk to people like you, because most people don't know that they can afford a house. Mm -hmm. They have no idea. They think that they need to make this absurd amount of money to be able to afford a house because they see the price, whether it be three, four, five hundred thousand dollars, and that's just that's a huge number. You can't really it's hard to put into perspective for a lot of people the fact that 
you don't need to be making these crazy amounts of money to afford a nice house and a nice investment. Um, yeah, no, that's good. I, and I'm, I'm so glad you said that. So for you, when you, when you went through that process and you started really analyzing your options, the pros and cons, as you put it, mm-hmm. you know, renting is a loser's errand. I mean, it's hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, people, let me tell you, there are some people that should rent. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think right now you should buy a house if you're not going to stay in that house for five to seven years. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I think if you're planning on leaving in the next two years, you probably should rent. But anything more than that, I mean, the average rent here in Shasta County, or let's just say California, it's about 1700 a month on average. Mm-hmm. You know, that's over $100,000 in five years you're going to pay renting. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money, you know, and here people are worried about an extra $400 because interest rates are higher a month, mm-hmm. but they're willing to spend 1700 a month, which might be a hundred thousand over five years that goes nowhere. Mm-hmm. So when you did all that research and you understood that this could be a, 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 you know, an intelligent decision for me in my future, what was it about multifamily that was appealing to you? And tell me about that process and where it ended, because that's, that's a really cool part to the story. So one of the reasons I chose multifamily rather than a single family home is one of the reasons that I kind of stayed away per se from buying a house for a little while is because I didn't want to get stuck. You know, I I try and have extra income to help towards new investment uh, possibilities to keep myself just open. Um, So cash flow, cash flow. Exactly. And I knew that if I, bought a house and it was, you know, the mortgage is 40, 50% of my, my monthly income that it would be hard for me to, uh, be able to have that cash flow and put it towards other things. Um, and then I realized after talking to you and realizing the price range that I could afford, that I could go multifamily, I could pay less or equal to what I would be paying in rent every month for my mortgage after collecting rent from the other tenant. And, that's just what really opened my eyes and made me think it's, this is a good opportunity. This is something that I really should do. It's going to help me grow. Yeah. It's going to help me. Yeah. The day, <clears throat> the day that you close, I was driving to Reno and your real estate agent had texted me, Jesse. Mm-hmm. And he said, I just dropped off, not one, but two sets of keys to Jeremy. And I was like, that is one of the coolest texts I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. A first time buyer that gets one, not one set, but two. And what I'd love to hear is let's talk about the numbers. I, mm-hmm. I, you know, you, you said that a lot of people have no idea what they can afford and mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. I see that all the time. I have people crying at my desk sometimes mm-hmm. because they cannot believe that they can put their family in a stable situation because they've been evicted or they've been, the house been sold out from under them and, or mm-hmm. the, you know, the plumbing doesn't work because they won't come fix it. And the fact that they get the, get that secure position, it, it means something to people. It's so mm-hmm. important. Let, I want to, people to hear the numbers, like, cause we used a first time buyer program, right? Yes. And so the, it wasn't 20% down, mm-hmm. which is a big belief people have. Mm-hmm. And you were able to, you inherited a renter. Mm-hmm. So you immediately have a paycheck coming in. So walk me through, you know, was it, how much was it a three and a half percent down? I believe, yeah, I was three and a half percent down. Um, and then Jesse, my real estate agent negotiated a lot of uh, things into the closing costs. So I really, it was how much money out of pocket that. was it? I believe it was around 10,000, 10,000 out of pocket. Mm-hmm. And you bought a two unit 
mm-hmm. duplex in California. Mm-hmm. Wow. And the second unit, and this is 2023, by the way. We're not, this is in 2012. Mm-hmm. This is 2023. And, and I just say that because this is for all the people that think these opportunities aren't out there. It's really important to hear this. Granted, I'm not going to say that this property is around every tree, mm-hmm. in town, right? Mm-hmm. You did look for a while, yeah, but you knew what you wanted mm-hmm. and you worked very hard. You had a great realtor who was searching everything for you. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the next thing I want to ask you is how much is the rent that's coming in on this property? So it's $1,210. And is that the, the, the fair market rents or is that a little bit low? It should be higher. It's fairly low. Okay. Tenants have been tenants have been there a while, and I know the previous owner didn't really ever raise the rates on them. Um, but so yeah, it should be a decent amount higher. I'd say. Okay. Cool. And and I think that you had said this morning, you know, based on renting anything anything else in this town, mm-hmm. because you have that additional rent coming in, are you paying the same that you would pay to live anywhere else? Less. From what I have seen to rent the space that I'm living in, it would be roughly the same. Okay. Um, if not a little less. Okay. Yeah, but you don't have it. You wouldn't have a tax deduction. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, there's a obviously a lot of the benefits. You wouldn't have an appreciating asset. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's that's awesome. And you know, the thing about a 30 year fix that's really important for people when they get a mortgage is that your 30 year fixed mortgage it's a hedge against inflation. Mm-hmm. So everyone says, well, if the dollar goes down in value get more mortgages because mm-hmm. your note that you signed that you're going to pay them back in dollars for 30 years, mm-hmm. the value of that dollar does not matter. If you are paying them back in dollars, it that's what they're going to get. And so mm-hmm. rents go up, you know, 8% a year right now, mm-hmm. every single year, which means in nine years, someone paying $1,200 would be paying $2,400 in rent. <laughs> so mm-hmm. imagine having that property in nine years from now, which I'm sure you'll have it. Mm-hmm. Imagine the rents on both of those units after you got married and mm-hmm. bought another house being $2,400 on both sides. I mean, it's hard for me to imagine that, but for anyone listening, just ask yourself where you live right now, what would that house have rented for 10 years ago and mm-hmm. easily, or 20 years ago? And you can kind of see the inflation of rent. I mean, it's a real thing. Yeah, absolutely. So Jeremy, I'm real, like I said, man, I love your story. Hard worker. Uh, driven, committed. You've got a clear vision. Uh, you've got a strategy and you have accountability because you knew that you needed to find people around you mm-hmm. to show you the path. Um, it's incredible. I truly believe this. And I've told you this before. I think you're going to do big things in this life and you're going to get places way faster than I ever did because you're starting at such a young age. But as a, a single guy, bought your first place, 21 years old, what advice would you give people that are nervous about the idea of purchasing a property in 2023? I think you really just need to talk to people because everyone sees things online and they get these ideas in their head like, oh, it's not possible for me. Or maybe they talk to their parents, grandparents, whoever. You just need to find a, whether it be a mortgage broker or a real estate agent that you trust and just speak with them, go through the numbers, figure out if it's a possibility figure out if not where you need to go and to get yourself on that path to, to purchase a property. Because it, it really, when you have people you trust, it's not, I, I, when I purchased my home, I really was not stressed at all the whole time. Um, just having people you trust that can guide you through the process and you know that you're not being taken advantage of, uh, it's, it's, it's an amazing thing. Um, and if you, so yeah, just 
put your head down, work. And that's another thing with my, with my generation, I'd say is a lot of people, they, they want it now. Yeah. They don't want to wait. Um, you, you really just got to put your head down, go for it, set your goals and just figure out what steps you need to take to get there. And building relationships like our relationship is just insanely helpful. Being able to, at my age, essentially have your knowledge because I, you're, yeah. I can talk to you anytime, ask you questions. It's, it's such a powerful tool. You're wise beyond your years, man. I, I, and that's, that's why I wanted to have you here because I, I see you, I see your decision-making and it's, uh, it's definitely not how most 21 year olds are Mm -hmm. are thinking. No offense, because I was one of those 21 year olds. I was a knucklehead at your age. I didn't start thinking about these things till later. So, um, man, good for you. I'm so excited for your future. I really appreciate you coming and sharing this story. I think it's a good one for people to hear. Mm. Uh, for those of us that have been investing, it reinforces for us the opportunity that still exists. And for anyone that else that's been on the fence, um, it, it really gives them some hope that, man, this is something I can do. I mean, $10,000, I bought a duplex, mm-hmm. automatically have rent in California in 2023 with rates being higher. That's something people need to hear. So thank you so much for doing this, Jeremy. I appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in. This is the Money Hole Podcast. Again, please make sure to like, subscribe, download, and leave a comment.